Well, here we are gathered Thanksgiving Eve uh, with an opportunity to just celebrate the goodness of God. And like I said, we're going to land this, um, this series, Not Satisfied, in Philippians chapter 4, specifically uh, verse 13, uh, because it's classically misquoted and misapplied. And so we want to look tonight at uh, what was the secret sauce that, that the Apostle Paul found as far as being satisfied, right? And so uh, going from not satisfied to satisfied isn't always an easy thing. Uh, and it's one of the reasons that we have these walls up here, um, because in your hand is not just something to doodle on. So if you've been just doodling on it so far, go ahead and flip it over, because we want you to write something on there and take, uh, take part in something that's like a, a tangible way to celebrate the goodness of God. So if you've ever come to a Good Friday service here, you know we use black paper and pencil, and that way you can bring, we put the cross front and center, and that way you can literally like paste your sin to the cross, and you kind of leave it there. It's a symbolic way of just like interacting with that evening. And today is uh, very similar, but we give you a white or orange piece of paper because we want you to write something that you're grateful for on that piece of paper. And, uh, or maybe even it's something that you're just watching God do in your life right now and that you just want to give him credit for. We want you to have a, a tangible way of, of taking part in just saying, thank you, Jesus. And so then what we're going to do is we'll bring them up here uh, on the, when I'm done, giving our little devotional for tonight. You come up, you can uh, hang them up there. We had some people come in and they made these little uh, displays for us. But hang yours up there. And then what we'll do is we'll kick off Advent, which is this Sunday. We're going to kick off Advent uh, with a word map so that we can see what our people here in this church community are grateful for. Because it's a really fun way to just be able to say, hey, look at the goodness of God in the lives of the people that go to this church, right? So we're going to create something that we can use digitally on Sunday just to share with everybody what we are all grateful for, right? So um, whatever you write, we're sticking up on the board, so be appropriate. <laughs> yeah, you have to sign your name. <laughs> I want to see the names. We're not putting any blank ones up there, all right? So we've been talking this series, though, about turning the page, right, using that acronym, P-A-G-E, to turn the page from being not satisfied to being satisfied, right? And again, this is just a tangible way to do that. And the way that we've been walking through this series is looking at each chapter of the book of Philippians, right? So chapter one, we looked at Paul's perspective, right, of him turning the page from being not satisfied to satisfied. So what he did was he gave us this example through his relationship with Christ and his relationship with God's people, right? At Quaybar, we don't ever want you to underestimate the influence that you have as a follower of Jesus Christ. If you say, yeah, I belong to Jesus, there's power in that because you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you are empowered to go and bless other people, right? And Paul is like screaming that in chapter one. So his perspective was not on what he didn't have, right? His physical freedom. He's in jail when he's writing this. It was on what he did have. He had Christ. He had his people, the encouragement that came with that. So that's a, that's a huge way to go from not satisfied to satisfied. And then next, uh, we looked at our attitude. Because what was our saying for that? No ego, no ego amigo, right? Ego. Uh, so we were looking at that not in light of saying you can't do self-care. What we were saying is you can't do self-obsession, right? There's a difference between, between saying I need to care for myself, right? I need to do that. That's good. But then making everything about me is self-obsession. And that's what is sin. That's what Christ says don't do. That's not the example of Jesus. And he would say, you're not built to be the center of the universe, right? You cannot handle that kind of weight. So don't try to make yourself the center of the universe. Because if you do, you're never going to be satisfied. Because you can't make everything about you as much as we try to make everything about us, right? That just leaves us feeling very not satisfied. And then last week, we looked at 
This next one, our goals, right? Having good spiritual goals. Um, what's this next one? Go to the next one here. The difference is, again, we talked about this last Sunday. Religion, generally speaking, depends on your work for God. What can you do for God? And Jesus shows up, and Paul is sharing in this book, a relationship with Jesus depends on his work in you. That's a way different way to go about doing spiritual work and spiritual disciplines and being healthy spiritually. Because if you're unsettled spiritually, man, it's like kind of just ripples into your life, right? But I know a lot of people who don't set good spiritual goals and then they burn out. So taking care of your soul is really important. That's what we looked at last week. And then tonight, of course, we're going to look at what you emphasize. So what are, your, what are you uh, prioritizing in your life, right? What's your perspective in your life? What are your, uh, your attitude and attitudes generally like, right? Are you humble? Are you making everything about yourself? Are you having good spiritual goals? And then what are you emphasizing in your life? So that's where we are tonight, looking at what we emphasize, because this is a really, really important one for us. Because the thing is, I don't know about you, but there probably is a lot of negative stuff in your life, right? There's a lot of difficulty in our lives, uh, if you were, I was to say, raise your hand if life has ever been unfair to you. Everybody's hand has to go up, right? Because at some point or another, life has been unfair. It's dealt with something that just wasn't right. And so in the midst of all that, what are we going to focus on? What are we going to emphasize? Because here's the choice. Here's what I want us to, like, to understand and own and love because Paul's sharing this from his very personal perspective here in Philippians. He is saying we have a choice as followers of Christ to not just focus in constantly on the heaviness, on the sin, on the misery, on the unfairness. He's like, look, you're allowed to focus your attention on other things. Not that you ignore that stuff, but that you have the luxury of being like, okay, I'm allowed to have a different perspective. I can have a different emphasis of my mind, of my soul. Because I don't know how many of you in here are like me, but I can wear things out in my mind. I can run marathons with bad stuff in my mind and just like create, I'm a, like, I'm a great scenario creator, right? I'm a great scenario creator in my own mind, like just going down that path. And then I've had to learn over the years, no, there's a difference. I can choose not to emphasize that stuff. In Christ, I have a different choice, a different path, not to just let myself spiral like that. So our, um, our guiding question for this series, in light of all this stuff, has been, and kind of where it lands tonight, is, uh, is this right here, regardless of circumstances, can we live a satisfied life, right? Being in jail, here's Paul writing in jail, and it's like, and this is like the big question that keeps like coming up throughout this. Can we live a satisfied life? And so what Paul is essentially going to do in jail, no rights, probably awaiting death, is he is going to write this letter full of joy and full of hope and full of rejoicing, and he's going to land in Philippians 4.13, and he's going to say again, like we read earlier, Put that uh, next one up there. That I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Like, in, with everything that Paul's going on, he's going to be able to land the plane with a statement like that, which is really, really amazing, honestly, to think that Paul would be able to do that. So my question for you, everybody here at Quaybog Church, watching or in the room, is can you land in this verse here? Do we understand what this verse means and what it has to do with our own level of just being like at peace and being satisfied? So let's jump in and see how Paul is able to, to make this claim right here. It's pretty audacious. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 13. 
So right off the bat, just like he did in chapter 3, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. So remind me, where is Paul? He's in prison, right? And prison is not the best place ever to be and be saying things like rejoice in the Lord always. It's almost like he's like, I found the secret sauce and I want to keep saying this to you. Like, I want you to understand this message because my circumstances, Paul is saying, are not dictating where I'm at, where my heart is, where my joy is, my ability to rejoice. And I I love that. Say it again. And then verse five, he says, let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. And this is like classic verse here, right? Don't worry about anything, but in everything. And again, it's important. It's not for, is it? He's not grateful for everything, but he is grateful in everything because life will be difficult and unfair and kind of miserable sometimes. And Paul is saying, but you know what? We have a different option. I can still rejoice. I can still be grateful. I can still be thankful in everything, but not for it. And you're going to do that through prayer, pleading with God, with thanksgiving, and then we can present our requests to God. So it's like he's like, no matter what, be gracious. No matter what you can still not worry. Like, that's a, that's a profound statement to say, don't worry about anything, right? Yeah, there's a lot going on, but you don't necessarily need to fixate on it. You don't need to worry about it. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't know how many of us are good at just growing worry in our hearts, right? It's like we get worried that when we're not worrying. Anybody ever done that? Like, man, I don't feel stressed out, man. I'm, I, I need to find something, right? And they get all worried because we're not worrying, right? It's like, no, no, no. He's like, look, yes, there's a lot going on, but we don't need to worry about anything. You keep your eyes on God, bring your problems to him. And then what is that going to be like? What's the result? If you can do this, what is the result in verse seven? So verse seven, he says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So it's like, if I were to say this in my own terms, like this next slide, PJ, follow Jesus with focused gratitude and he will guide your heart to the peace of God. Like, that's what I see in Paul. In jail, nothing going for him on this earth. He's like, look, I found something significant. I found that I can follow Jesus with focused gratitude, and he's going to take me the rest of the way to the peace of God. That sounds a whole lot like satisfaction to me. That sounds a whole lot like being like, hey, I have strength in the Lord. We just sang about it tonight, right? Because of who Jesus Christ is, my relationship with him I have a much different way of looking at life. And because of that, because of my focused gratitude, here we are celebrating Thanksgiving. Don't skip across the water too quickly on Thanksgiving, right? And just be like, oh, all the things we need to do. We're going to eat. We're going to do this. We got to go here Black Friday, right? Like all these things. Like don't skip across this pond too quickly because Paul's saying, look, if you can have focused gratitude and lean into him and build that relationship Like that is going to result in the peace of God in your life, which I love. I love, I love, I love that. And so now what do we emphasize? Now he gets into that part in verse eight. So he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence and if there's anything praiseworthy, what should we do? Think about these things, right? Dwell on these things. The CSB says dwell on them because this is the kind of stuff that we need to keep our eyes on. Paul's saying like this is the stuff that is going to be life-giving for your soul. 
oh, way too often we focus in on all the negativity. And Paul's like, look, that is going to be a reality of your life always. It is right now as he writes from jail. But he's saying, look, you have a choice. You have a different way. In Romans 12, he said it this way. In Romans 12 too, he said, don't be conformed to this age, right? It's always been the same story. There's always been that stuff out there. But Paul says, look, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is the work of Christ in your life here at Quaybog Church. And then next, because then you're going to be able to discern what's good, what's pleasing, and what is the perfect will of God. Like leaning into Jesus and letting him transform you so that you can literally be different in this world in a tangible way. Because life can really stink sometimes. And Paul is like, that's why we need Jesus. That's why we need the Spirit of God so that we can know what's good. And we can not dwell on all the other options that Satan gives us, right? Because there are so many of those options for us. I was talking to a friend about this very thing. So, um, so this, the reason we're doing these altars, so to speak, if you will, in the Old Testament, God would do, he told his people, look, I'm going to do all these things for you, and I want you to build altars. I want you to just literally gather up rocks. I want you to make a pile of rocks, and I want you to remember what I did because of that pile of rocks, right? You're going to see that. Your kids, right? We've got a bunch of little kids here now. We've got a bunch of teenagers. When your kids ask you, hey, what's the deal with that pile of rocks? Then you can share with them the goodness of God in your life. And I wonder, if you're a parent in here, do you regularly share the goodness of God in your past with your kids? Do your kids know the goodness of God, or do they hear mom and dad, like, being bitter a lot and complaining a lot, right? Fighting a lot, being stressed out a lot, not being satisfied a lot. Or can you, like, in spite of all those things, right? Because life is tough, yes, absolutely. But are you intentional about saying, hey, what I'm going to do tonight, this is just going to be a part of who we are. And so I was talking to my friend John. I grew up in Ohio with him, and now he lives down in Washington, D.C., and he's doing great things down there. But he calls me, and he says, look, I need to really talk, man. I need, some, I need a different perspective on some stuff that we're going through right now. And they're going through a really, really hard time because of her job. A lot of unfair things are happening to her. She's being shifted around. She's being made promises which are not working out. And then now all of a sudden she's been removed completely from her job. And she's like a high up executive kind of person. And just like being shipped off to some other place in D.C. And he's like, and it's keeping him up at night. Because as a husband, what are you going to do about that? He can't go storming into her place of business and just start slapping people around, right? That's not going to work because now dad's in jail and you got another problem on your hands, right? So what are you going to do? Well, he's going to pray about it and he's going to fret over it. He's going to worry about it. He's going to talk to his wife and try to be strong. And so we got talking about this series that we're in right now and the book of Philippians. And I said, hey, you know what? Let me ask you a question. I said, do you and your wife ever go over the altars in your life? And he just kind of sat there and I was like, because Brittany and I have had to do this. Brittany has actually had to speak this into my life and be like, hey, this is really difficult right now. Let's think about the goodness of God in our life. Like, let's look at the problems ahead because you can't run from problems. Let's face the problems, but let's do it with that rear view or mirror, like adjusted so we can see behind us and the goodness of God that's back there. And that was the whole point of God saying, look, build these altars so that you remember. It's going to get tough. And I need you to remember what I've done in your life. So that is what we're doing with these boards tonight is, is that hopefully we can, we can start building a culture in us as followers of Jesus to say, no, no, you know what? I'm always going to make sure that I'm fixating my mind on what God has done. 
Because when we've had really difficult times, I told John, when you have really difficult times, man, you need to know that God's been there in the past and share tangible stories so that you can be like, yeah, he's got us. That's where the don't worry that Paul talked about in verse 6 comes from. Because Paul has a whole entire lifetime of looking back in his rearview mirror and being like, yeah, God's got me. God's got me. I've got a different way of approaching these struggles, right? And again, I just challenge you to think about, do you ever look at the altars in your past? So then he goes on and he's like, okay, what I just said, like Paul's looking back in his own story and this is what he's saying. This is the advice in verse 9. He said, look, do what you learned and received and heard from me. Like, I figured out the secret sauce, right? And I want the peace of God to be able to be with you. Like, it is with me in jail, and I want you to have this as well. Like, do you, like, do you look at God that way? Do you look at God that way in your life, that God wants you to have this kind of peace? Like, that your relationship with him is so tight that you're able to speak words like this, you know? Do you, do you look at your relationship with Jesus like that? A lot of people don't right? And then he's going to go on, verse 10 and 11. He says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly. <laughs> again, here he is in jail. I rejoice in the Lord greatly because once again, you renewed your care for me. However, there's like this, however, verse 11, you were in fact concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it, right? They weren't able to do it. They loved him. They wanted to help him, but they couldn't. And so now in these next verses, we get into the bread and butter of this letter. We get into the whole point. We get into the context for I can do all things through Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. Why did Paul say he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him? So I want you to say this next statement with me. No, one more. Uh, Actually, go back, go back to the uh, regardless of circumstances. Okay. Read this with me. I want you guys to say this with me. Regardless of circumstances, can I live a satisfied life, right? So Paul is going to address this question right here in these verses. So he says, verse 11, I don't say these things out of need, right? Because he's referring back to them trying to help him and not being able to. For I have learned, and listen to these words, like let these sink into your soul and like let Jesus change the way that you live. For I have learned to be content. It's been a process that he's had to learn in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little. I know how to make do with a lot. In any, in all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. So here he says it twice in these two verses. He has figured out the secret sauce to be content. He's addressing this question, can I live a satisfied life regardless of my circumstances? And here's what Paul is going to say about that whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. Read these words with me. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. I am able to do anything. I can starve almost to death, and I can have everything that I could ever want. It does not matter what situation I'm in in my life, whether I'm writing from prison, waiting to be beheaded. I'm able to do anything and everything because Jesus Christ gives me the strength to do it. This is not a verse about I can do whatever I want because Jesus Christ is going to give me strength. This is not a verse that's saying Jesus Christ is going to give me whatever I want. And this is key. This is a verse Jesus is saying that we need to give everything to him. That's a different way of living your life if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. To say this is not, Jesus is not there to give me all I want. 
like Evander Holyfield back in the day, he used to have this. He was like the most sinful dude ever, I swear. He had like 100 kids, right, with all these different women. But he'd always roll into the boxing ring with Philippians 4.13 on his chest, right? And it was just like, I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. And it's like, so I can go out and beat other people half to death and win because I'm a follower of Jesus. My life can be a total mess, but man, I can do anything I want because of Jesus. And that's what a lot of people think about this verse. But all Paul is saying is, look, I've found satisfaction and it has nothing to do with how good or bad my life is. That is a deeply profound way of thinking because we really, really struggle with that. If things are not going good in my life, if I'm not blessed, if I'm having struggle, like a struggle paying the bills or what my kids are acting up or my parents are acting up, like whatever the thing might be, well, God must not love me. And it's like, Paul's like, no, 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 you can find strength and you can find what you need in the midst of anything. And I love that take regardless of my circumstances. So what he does in this verse is he takes our question, our guiding, leading question for the series, and he makes a statement out of it. So read the whole statement all put together with me. Regardless of my circumstances, I can live a satisfied life because I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Like that is the full picture of this passage. That is what the bread and butter is of this letter. And Paul's saying, look, your relationship with Jesus Christ matters. It makes a tangible difference in your life. And that's huge. That's such a different way of living, especially in the culture that we live in, right? And which we never have enough, right? And we are never enough. Jesus would defiantly yell against that and say, no, you are enough. Yes, you are, right? So in closing, as we're getting ready to, to come up here, your perspective, your attitude, spiritual goals, good, healthy spiritual goals, taking care of your soul and what you emphasize are going to go a long way from taking you from not satisfied to satisfied. That is what you see happening in the life of Paul. This is such an intimate look at his own life and the lessons that he's learned over a lifetime now. And he was like, this, this, this is going to make the difference in our lives. So last couple of closing points here. Follow Jesus with focused gratitude and he will, he will guide your heart to the peace of God. Like that is a promise. We talk about all the time. Oh, the promises of God, the promises of God. But a lot of us don't really know what the promises of God are. This is a big one. Old Testament, New Testament, this is huge. And he's saying it to us in 2022 as we sling around the corner into 2023 soon enough. And it seems like the world's on fire, which kind of is. And Paul's like, you know what? You can still find satisfaction because you can do anything through Christ Jesus who strengthens you, right? You can get through anything. I promise you can get through it. So stay, read our statement. We're going to close this whole series up. And tonight, my time here with you with this statement together. Regardless of my circumstances, I can live a satisfied life because I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Amen? Amen. I mean, that's what it's all about right there. All right? So what, Brittany and the team are going to come back up and they're going to uh, sing us, yes, right now. Is that okay? And uh, they're going to sing us through um, as we come up. So they're going to sing, and Brittany will introduce uh, this first uh, song that we got coming up. And basically, we get to sing to you. We're going to sing a song about blessing over us because we are blessed. And I want you just to go and hang these up there uh, at will. We're going to sing a few more songs so we don't need to mob and rush. Uh, like we don't want that happening, but just kind of hang them up there and then have a seat and, uh, and then we'll close out just with some more worshiping and singing and having a good time. Amen.
Amen. All right, let's do this. So this song that we're going to sing um, is The Blessing, and it is um, the priestly blessing that God told the priests, the Israelites, priests to pray over the Israelites. Um, and so it's just a beautiful um, scripture that uh, they've turned into a song. So why don't you stand with us as we sing? And, um, and then once we start, you can go ahead and um, make your way toward the, the Thanksgiving wall.
we thank you so much, Lord. Lord, I pray this blessing over my Quaybog family. Lord, I pray that you would make your face shine upon our family here, Lord, that you would be gracious to them, Lord, that you would turn your face toward them, and that you would give them your peace. Amen. <laughs>